0: Good morning, everybody. Please grab your seats. Barry's mentioned accents at the beginning of one of my preaches. (laughs) Could go dangerously wrong. No. Essex. Get the Essex in there. Come on. Big up for Essex. Wasn't that an amazing time of praise and worship this morning? Wasn't it great to be in the presence of God? Excellent. So remember that as I preach to you today because I've got a message that the Lord has stirred on my heart for a couple of weeks now and I really felt he said now is the time to deliver this message so I'm going to deliver this message for you. So it starts off with life. Would you agree with me this morning people that life is busy life is busy isn't it we have all sorts of commitments in our lives we have got family we've got work we've got business we've got school we've got church we've got activities there's lots of things we need to be involved in there's running our homes who hands up here never-ending laundry how does that happen there's never-ending laundry yep barry's on it there There is meals to prep, there's admin to do, there's cars to clean, there's clubs to take your children to and your teenagers to. There is never-ending things in our lives. There's family and extended family we need to take care of. There is so much that goes on in our lives. And added to that, I believe we live in a culture now where it's busier than it's ever been, than 50 years ago. Because we have phones, we have computer devices in our pockets. And as much as I love my phone, and it's a great way of communicating, there are no business hours anymore. Life is 24-7. For example, every Thursday morning around 3am, I receive an email from Audi reminding me to not forget the special buys and I'm like thank you Audi for that email because I would have forgotten about my wetsuit my fondue set and my extra rolls of toilet roll that I would go in there to buy the next day so I'm like thank you Audi for reminding me and then there's whatsapp I love whatsapp fans of whatsapp around here but you know what if I get added to another whatsapp group I might go a little bit crazy Add me in there. That's it. There's a WhatsApp group for everything. And our daughter started high school in September. And she is like, Mum, is this for real? She gets added daily to WhatsApp groups. And this is no lie. I'm in church. I'm not going to lie now. (laughs) Last Saturday, on one of her form groups, she received 1,528 messages in one day. And she went, Mum, that's too much. I'm like, flipping it. That is too much. So we silenced the WhatsApp on those ones, mute it. And she doesn't even read them because it's too much. But constantly life is busy in every aspect and we rush from one thing to another. And we're literally in the middle of something and the WhatsApp goes and we're like, oh, twitchy, I've got to just see it, I've got to see it. And then if you answer it and it goes blue and you don't reply in 10 minutes, they send out the SAS to find where you're gone. Because it's like, they have replied. Oh, oh, I'm really offended now, they reply to my message. But life is hectic. And whatever stage of life we're in, it is busy. And the thing is, we can easily get drawn into the chaos of how the world wants us to live in this life. But I come here this morning to tell you, there is a better way, church. There is a better way. Come on. There is a better rhythm. And I want to talk about a new rhythm that we can choose to step into in our lives. But it's a choice. We've got to choose to do it. So if I could have Matthew 11 verses 28 to 30, please. This is in the message. Doesn't that sound like a breath of fresh air? An invitation to stop. An invitation to come into the presence of Jesus. When we put him first, he'll lead our lives differently. When we take that moment in the craziness and busyness of I need to be here, there and everywhere. And we wait in his presence. What does it say? I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to work and I'll show you how to walk but it be with me, because I have a different rhythm for you, church. And this invitation is coming into a place of deep rest with Jesus. Now, we all love a holiday, don't we? We all love a break. And that's great, but it doesn't sustain you for the whole year. But coming into the presence of Jesus will sustain you for a lifetime. It's about drawing close again into his presence, because deep contentment is found in the presence of Jesus. And when we make a choice to do it his way, We don't get caught up in the rat race of life. We don't get caught up in the treadmill. You think about on a treadmill, you can walk or you can run and you can cover ground and you can cover miles, but you're not actually going anywhere. Whereas if you walk out in the countryside, you actually go and you see things differently. And I really felt stirred today that 2022, Jesus wants us to have a different rhythm. We've been banging the drum to the same old rhythm, but it's a different rhythm for this year so that the church gets more intimate with Jesus to therefore reach a world that needs him so I'm going to stir you up this morning with this message it says walk with me and work with me watch how I do it and when we look at that it means that he wants to lead us that actually in our own lives we can get about our own rhythm and our own pace and we do it our way but Jesus is saying walk at my pace I'll show you what to pick up and I'll show you what to put down I'll show you where I want you to run this year and where I want you to walk this year. But you need to walk with me. And it comes out of intimacy in the presence of Jesus, of spending time with him, of listening to his voice, of listening how he wants to guide our lives. And I believe at times in our Christian walks, we've all done that and we've been in that place. And perhaps even in lockdown, a lot more people drew closer to Jesus. But then it's ramped up again. Life's got busy again. And actually, I'm so busy, I haven't got time, Jesus, But we need to come back into his presence and make time. Jesus will help us take new ground this year. Not walking over the same old, same old. Not just the routine. Well, I've always done it that way, so I'll always do it that way. No, I've got something new for you. But I need you in my presence so you can hear my voice for this year. He says, work with me. You see, there'll always be work to do. There's always stuff we need to do in our lives, in our homes, in our church. There's things we need to do, but we need to work with him. When he shows us how to work and the things we need to do, it gets results. But when we do it in our own strength and our own striving, it falls on its face. And isn't that the truth this morning? So I want to remind us that he has plans and he has purposes for you for this year. He has things he wants you to do. He said, no, no, put that down. That was last year's. That's so last season. Pick up this season stuff for this year because I have something new for you. But we need to choose to work with him. We need to get in that place of intimacy and hearing him again. It says in that verse, let the unforced rhythms of grace, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where you have felt like stuff has been put on you or you're in a situation that has felt like this is not me. This is not who I am. This is not what I'm meant to do and it's, it crashes you. But actually Jesus says, when you keep company with me, when you look at me for the direction of your life, I'll be the one that leads you and therefore it will fit like the perfect fit because it will be tailor-made for you. And that's what he's calling us to. And I love it says they're the unforced rhythms of grace. Now rhythm is a strong or regular pattern of movement of sound. You see we had the awesome Dan Mills on the drums this morning give Dan a cheer. And I'm grateful that he can keep a good rhythm because if I was on them... It would not be a good rhythm. And then it would affect everything with the worship. All right. No. He's left-handed. I can't, I can't do it that way. But, but it, it would be terrible if I was on there because if the drums go out of rhythm, the whole music goes out of rhythm and you're in the wrong place and it affects everything. And yet Jesus is calling us to a rhythm, a pattern, a new rhythm. And grace means smoothness and elegance of movement. And isn't that lovely? So our lives can be in a perfect pattern and a perfect rhythm, in a smoothness and elegance of movement. If we don't go rushing around like headless chickens in our own strength, but we come into the presence of God every day and say, what does it look like today, Jesus? That I want you in this day. Where do I go today? What do I do? You know, you ever ended up in a day in a whole load of drama where you think, but how did I even get in that situation? (laughs) What happened? And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Because I just went steaming off and and didn't listen to your voice. Because actually you would have warned me about that. You would have told me where to go, where to work, where to walk, what to do that day. But I didn't give you the opportunity to get in your presence. We can choose a new rhythm church, a new rhythm of grace. So I'm going to highlight this with a story in the Bible, but I want to set the scene for you. Imagine you're at home one day. It's not a work day. You've got nothing much on the agenda. You might be chilling out in your PJs. You might not have even brushed your hair, people, Barry. Um, <laughs> you might just be having a relax, you know, hadn't got much to do. And suddenly, there's the inevitable ding-dong or knock on the door. And there's a whole load of unexpected guests have arrived. And I don't know about you, but on days like that, if people show up and you haven't invited them, the first thing I think is, has anyone flushed the toilet? <laughs> Second thing I think, has anyone tidied up, can we actually sit down on the sofas? And the third thing is, because I'm girly, I'd have to light a scented candle. <laughs> just, I just love a scented candle when people come round. Say amen. Sarah gets me. And so I would think those things. And imagine that you are one of these really hospitable people. You are famed for your culinary skills. You are like the Sarah O'Sullivan of roast dinners. If no one's experienced a roast, you need to get to one of her roast dinners. Amen. And you are famed for your dinner and you know these hungry people have shown up on your door and they're expecting a meal. They're expecting your hosting skills. Your house normally looks immaculate and it's not on this day. Would you feel a bit stressed? Would you feel a bit panicked? Because this is what happens in our story. And this is in Luke 10 verses 38 to 40. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So here is Martha. She's the eldest of three siblings. She lives with Mary and with Lazarus. And she lives in a house and she probably would have been responsible for servants. She was like the queen of the house. She had to run everything. She would be be busy all the time. And so Jesus has turned up and his disciples. And so she goes into her usual mode, which is work mode. It's like, these people have turned up. They know my cooking is amazing. I've got to get that cooking on. I've got to get about looking after my guests. In that culture, it was really important how you looked after people, how you hosted people, the welcome in your home. So she said about what she normally did. So she got about cooking. She got busy. She started stressing. And as she's stressing about all these unexpected guests that have turned up, she's like, have I got enough flour? What am I going to cook? You know, is the agar on? Or whatever at that time. No <laughs> delivery back then, you know. Couldn't order anything. And so she started to stress. And she's starting to make all this dinner. And then she looks over... And there is Mary, her sister, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And again, in this culture, that was totally unheard of, because only the disciples who were men would sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to the rabbi talking. And there is Mary sat there. So at first, Martha must have been like, what are you doing? You're meant to be helping me, but you could be in big trouble because you're not one of the guys. You're not a disciple. Why are you at his feet? But then maybe Martha thought, I love the boldness of Mary. Because I'm rushing round like a headless chicken, preparing for all these people that I didn't expect. And yet you're there listening to the words of the master. But the frustration rose up in her. You know one of those things when you're busy doing something and you look over and someone's not helping and it sort of rises up and you sort of give them the look like, any chance can could help prepare the dinner some potatoes that need peeling and you're like trying to hint all the time or banging the plates really awkwardly as you lay the table you know I, I read this somewhere just just say. and um yeah it's a really good book yeah, got it for Christmas um you know, Christmas Day. Everyone, you got a drink? You want a drink? Do you want some more sausage rolls? Do you want anything more? More turkey? More turkey? More gravy? Anyone? Cranberry sauce? You know, it's one of those. She was faffing around, and, but getting really angry because Mary is at the feet of Jesus. And so she says to Jesus, do you not care? Can you not see how busy I am? I'm trying to prepare a meal for you and your disciples. And she's just sat there. Mary, can you come and help me? Have you ever felt like that? Jesus? I've got so much going on I want to serve you I want to live for you but I'm trying to raise these teenagers and I've got this business and my job I never get a moment to rest and and do you not know about my commitments and and the finances and the bills keep coming in and I'm not making it enough this month and it's really difficult and I've got those family situations that just seem to be getting worse and worse and worse and, and and do you not care I'm so stressed and I'm so busy and I'm so tired and I'm so frustrated. And I wonder if in that moment she would have burst into tears. I wonder if in that moment she'd been like, oh, I just can't do this anymore. There's such an expectation from other people on my life to be this amazing hostess, to always have the food ready. But I'm running a household and I've got the servants and I've got my brother and sister and my sister's there doing nothing at your feet and here I am carrying it all. Jesus, don't you care? But of course, Jesus does care. And he responds to Martha's cry. He says to her in Luke 10, verses 41 to 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we could look at this and think, Jesus is telling Martha off. That he's saying, Martha, Martha, look at Mary, she's done the right thing and and you're busying yourself. But actually, in this moment, is he saying to Martha, Martha, you don't have to do, but you just need to be. You don't have to do all the preparations, all the expectation, all the stress that rises up as you're trying to prepare and host well. But you just have to be. And Jesus is talking that there will be times in our life where we are busy and we are distracted. And there's an amazing list of things that we need to do. But he's saying, but if you just be in my presence, if you just come to me first, if you be at my feet, if you listen to my voice, then I will help you with the doing. Because you'll walk with me and you'll work with me. But you need to come to me first. So of course the meal still needed to be cooked and the table needed to be laid. But if Martha had put Jesus first, I wonder would there have been a different miracle? Because we never hear the end of the story. We never hear whether they ate the dinner. We never hear what happened. But maybe in that moment Jesus might have done a five loaves and two fish moment. Maybe he'd had already something prepared or maybe somebody else would have stepped in. But Martha hadn't chosen the thing that was needed. It was to be in his presence first. It was to spend that time with him, to listen to the instruction, so that then in our walking and our working and our doing, we can do what Jesus has called us to do. But we need to come to him first. And it starts in a place of intimacy. And it starts in a place of saying, God, here I am. Let me hear your voice. Let me wait in your presence and get the direction for my life. What does today look like? Because we only get today once what does then tomorrow look like? We only get that once, but we need to have him so central in our working and our walking and our doing. But it comes about being in his presence. And I want to encourage you this morning. It's about coming back to that place of in his presence and of putting him first. Even in the busyness of life. Well, I'm so busy, I don't even have a time to breathe properly. But it's time to come back and get that new rhythm. That rhythm of grace. That rhythm that will flow so you're not banging, clanging around like a drum that's out of beat. But actually you're in that constant rhythm of in his presence and being intimate with the Father. It was an invitation that Jesus gave Martha. I wonder that moment she dropped the pans and sat at his feet. I'd love, I'm like, why don't we get the end of the story? I'll have to ask him when I get there. But it's like, what happened in that moment? Did it change how her heart was? Because then if you remember, later down the line, when her brother had died, she ran to Jesus and said, Lord, Lazarus is dead. She came out of her frustration and then the miracle happened. We need to be intentionally intimate with Jesus. We need to spend that time. Now, when you say that, people think religion, well, I must do my Bible app, and I must do my reading, and all that is amazing, and we so need to do that. But I'm talking about setting time aside to be in God's presence, to pray, to hear his voice, to worship him, to love on him, just to be with him, because it's relationship. It's not about religion, but it's about relationship. That is what our saviour is to us He's our father, he's our king, he's our saviour, he's our God, he's our Jesus, he's our best friend and we need to have relationship with him and not just talk out of a religious time. I mean imagine if I said to Dan I'm only going to talk to you on Sunday morning for half an hour and that's it for the whole week. He possibly could say amen, yes. (laughs) That was a bit of a loud amen there Barry but never mind. (laughs) But that's the thing, but that's what we do with Jesus. Well, I'll schedule it in, I'll schedule you in. No, we need to be open with him in conversation. 24-7, 365 days of the year, we need to be in his presence and just have that moment to wait on him. But in our rushing, we've forgotten to wait. In our rushing, and I'll send a text, and I need an answer in the next 10 minutes. Jesus, now wait, and I'll give you the answer. But you need to wait on me and wait in my presence. It comes down to worship and prayer. I want to say today, how is your worship life and how is your prayer life? I want to challenge you. This is from, I'm preaching to myself here this morning. How is your worship life and how is your prayer life? I'm not talking about corporate worship on a Sunday, which is amazing, but how is your prayer life and your worship life? How are you worshiping your Jesus? Because worship points to who God is and worship is the gateway to the presence of God. So I want to know how your worship is in your house. How is your worship on a Monday morning or on a Friday night? How do you worship your Jesus? Let's look at Psalm 100 verses 1 to 5 and this tells us how we should worship. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise him for the lord is good and his love endures forever his faithfulness continues through all generations and you see, our worship gives our gratitude back to God so that we can, in our homes or in our cars or when we go for a walk, we can just worship God. It's not about having an amazing voice, but our voice is so important. We can sing as loud as we want to, and it doesn't matter if it's not one note in key, because actually, it's not about our voice, but it's a heart that's worshiping our Jesus. It's the sound of a heart. It's the sound of a heart that's saying, God, you are God, and I'm not. I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to praise you for all you've done. I'm going to give thanks when I come into your courts. I'm going to open up my lungs and I'm going to express my worship to you, and actually I open up that gateway of the presence of God. And I say, God, come into my home. Jesus, be here. Come into this kitchen. I want to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, speak to me afresh this morning. It comes out of a heart of worship and of prayer. And all through the Psalms, when you read the Psalms, they're all about prayer and worship, prayer and worship. And that's what we. are called to do in our relationship with our Jesus to be in that place of intimacy and you know we capture the father's heart when we worship him he turns to us he hears us when we're praising him when we're worshiping he draws close and he turns his heart towards us when we worship him you know the best worship services are you and him the audience of one I love corporate worship I love what happened this morning but it's when it's just me and him it's amazing because we're in that presence, and that's what He longs for us to do. He longs for us to have that heart of worship and to express our love to Him. You know, I was really blessed last weekend. Um, we've got the wonderful Phil and Kirsty and Iris in our church <laughs> at the back there. And Kirsty sent me this video of Iris, who is six years old, and it <laughs> chokes me up because she sent me a video of her daughter worshiping Jesus. Now, Iris didn't know that she was being filmed, but she had a microphone like this, you know, like kids have. And she is singing her little heart out at six years old, worshipping Jesus. But the words this little girl is singing is what really spoke to me. And I watched this video, and it was that childlike faith. She's dancing around, she's doing her ballet moves, and she's worshipping Jesus. And it's about three minutes long, and it's so powerful. But the words this little girl was singing were Lord, show me the path. I can't find it on my own. Show me the path. I love you Jesus I need you Jesus and then she said I'm in terrible trouble without you Jesus and she's singing all this a six-year-old child and it was just so moving and then I showed it to Dan but I looked at that and I thought that's the heart of worship you see she doesn't care who was looking because she's with her Jesus and it went on and it was so moving and so powerful and I thought you know I want to be that six-year-old child I want to be in the presence of my Jesus where I can say, Yeah, I've got terrible trouble. Do you know, I've got this going on, God, but I'm going to worship you because I know you have a way out of my trouble. I'm going to worship you because you are my God and you have the victory that you are good, as we've sang this morning, that I can worship you because you love me, Jesus. And I want to come into the presence of my daddy and I know that he has his ear turned towards me. That's where we need to be, church, back in the presence. With Jesus, praying and worshipping. And to highlight this, I love the fact of when children are, atten- um, sorry, fathers are attentive to their children. There's something about it, isn't it? When your dad loves you and dotes on you and gives you the time that you, you need. And for Dan and I, we run our own business. And every evening, um, it's got busier and busier for Dan because he has to text a lot of customers about the things that are happening the next day. Um, for work, we've got another guy that works for us, so he has to sort that for, out for him and for himself. So often he's on the phone for about an hour and an hour and a half every night, texting people, WhatsApping people, puts them in all sorts of groups, you know, (laughs) WhatsApp groups. And he's on the telephone and he has to organise things for work and he does that. And he needs... A lot of, you know, time to do it, really. But often the girls will run in and they'll be like, oh, Daddy, we want you to play. Or I've hurt myself. Daddy, I need you. And I see how the father loves his church because of the way he loves his daughters. Because, you know, instantly he's so busy and he knows that will take him a lot longer later. But you know what he does? He always puts his phone down and he's attentive to his children. And straight away, they want help with the homework. or They want to play with him or they've hurt themselves. He's there because they've captured his heart and God has captured our hearts and we've captured his heart and when we come with a heart of thanksgiving and of worship and wanting to be in his presence and wanting to spend time with him do you know what he puts stuff down and he looks at us What do you need? What do you need, child? What do you need? Come to me with that childlike faith. I am your victor. I wear the victor's crown. That's what your God says over you. I'm here when you need me because you've captured my heart and I've captured yours. We need to come back to childlike faith and be in the presence of God. When we wait in his presence, he will speak to us. When we pray about a situation, we've given things over to God. When we're pouring out our heart of what's happening and the things we're feeling and the stuff that's going on in our minds and we give it to God, he will answer us. But we need to wait. We need to wait. We're such an instant culture. I want it now. I want it yesterday. I want the answer, but we need to wait in his presence. And when we wait on the Lord... He will answer us. And I want to highlight this with a story in, the, in Chronicles about King Jehoshaphat. And he was a king of Judah at the time. And he was a good king. He was in the presence of God. He listened to God. He obeyed God. And he led his people well. And there was one particular time when Judah was under attack by three different armies. Now, to illustrate this, I think sometimes we can read the word and we don't really think what that looks like. So imagine tomorrow morning we wake up and England is under attack by Russia, Germany and America. And they're literally coming in to attack us this is what happened there were three armies big armies big tanks big weapons big people coming in to fight them so they were under attack but I want to look at how Jehoshaphat reacts to this attack that comes and what he does and how he guides the people to remind us of what we need to do and so we can find the story in 2 chronicles 20 verses 3 to 4 this makes me laugh alarmed you've just been told there's three armies coming after you (laughs) Alarmed, yes, that would summer it. We've got America, Russia, and we've got them all coming in against us. Alarmed, yes, he was alarmed, but look what he did. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. See, out of his devotion and intimacy with the Lord, he declared a fast. January fast, people, got your band on what we're doing we're inquiring of the Lord and he called all the people together and what I like is that actually they all came they all gathered together he called a fast he called them to pray he called them to seek the Lord to worship God and to come and hear for direction so they all came together and then they waited they didn't stand there thinking what we're going to do so the armies are coming in coming to attack what do we do Now, if that was us, honestly, would you want to make a plan? Would you want to be like, okay, they're coming to attack. I need to be defensive here. But they didn't do that. They waited, and they waited, and they waited. And then word came through a guy called Jehazel. I think that's how you say it. And this is what he said. He said, God said to you people, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to the Lord come on so whatever we are going through the battle is not yours it belongs to the Lord the battle belongs to the Lord and so what they did they got those words they got the answer they prayed they fasted they worshiped God they got in his presence even Jehoshaphat said I do not want know what to do in this situation but my eyes are on you what a place to be in you see, because I'm going to live this life through this rhythm of grace that is going to flow in my life, I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to work with you, and I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to be led out of a place of intimacy when stuff lands on my doorstep. I do not have to be afraid because the battle belongs to you, Lord, and you will have the victory. And so they received this word, then they waited, and then they went into the desert to wait for the armies to come and as they went into the desert to wait for the armies to come do you know what they didn't get any weapons they didn't bring the chariots they didn't have horses they didn't get all their best men lined up on the front row do you know what they did they put the worship team out the front they put the worship team out the front they got the worshipers there they got the people to sing and praise God so the armies are coming to attack they're coming in with all their armory and they're coming to fight them but what do they do they worship God. In 2 Chronicles 2 verses 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So he consulted the people that this is what god has said we've been in that place of intimacy we've worshipped we've heard and now we'll go wait but we're gonna worship some more and they actually went out singing No swords, no guns, no armor, no anything but singing. You see, it came out of the place of worship. And so what it makes me think of is their worship one-to-one with God. They'd practice that on their own. Then corporately, when they came together, there was a sound that brought about victory. You see, there's something about unity church, and there's something about when you're living your relationship well one-on-one with your Jesus, and when you rock up here on a Sunday and you're living in that place, something kicks off in the unity of God's people and then we see the breakthrough and we see the miracle and we see the victory because we're coming from that place of intimacy and relationship and then together we worship God and our eyes are not on situations but they're on him and we see the breakthrough we see the victory is anyone up for some victory in this year come on and then this is what happened. If Jermaine could come up for me as well, please, that'd be great. So I'm gonna read it to you in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 22 to 24. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they'd finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooked the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. see what a victory. Jehoshaphat and his men didn't pick up any weapon. They didn't get a scratch on their finger. They didn't break a fingernail. They did nothing, but they worshiped God. And look what happened to the armies. They were completely obliterated. They turned on one another. There was not one man left standing out of three nations of armies. They had the victory through their praise and their worship. They came out of a place of intimacy because they'd been with the king. I want to stir us up today. What are the possibilities of coming out of that place of intimacy with you and Jesus? Of again coming to Him as the Father who welcomes us to come into His presence with open arms and says, Yeah, it's been a while, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know you haven't felt like you could come into my presence. I know your prayer life hasn't been great. And I know you haven't worshipped me and you're only looking at the issues and the stuff that's going on. But I want to give you an opportunity to say, be like Mary. Come again to my feet. Come into my presence. Come and pray. Come and worship. Come and let me recover your life and rebuild you again. So you can go out like Jehoshaphat's army with your praise and your worship to see the victory and see the breakthrough. You know, after they'd seen all the bodies lying on the ground and all the armies defeated, they then plundered what was left. It took them three days, three whole days to recover everything that was left. They took away treasure took away stuff out of an awful situation came victory and I want to stir you up to that today but it came out of a place of waiting and praise and worship you see they prayed and they fasted they praised they worshipped and then they waited and I want to say church it's time to wait on the Lord it's time to wait in our hecticness of how the world wants to live in this rat race of constantly more, 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 more Busy, 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 busy. Jesus is saying, wait. Just wait in my presence. Because I've got a word for you today. I've got an encouragement for you today. I want to change the course of this day because when you come into my presence, I change everything. In his presence is fullness of joy. I think there's been a lack of joy for so long in this world with what's gone on. But in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is where he'll speak and revive your life again. But it's a choice to be the Martha or be the Mary. And when I say it's time to be a Mary, and it's time to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's time to get in his presence. Will you wait on the Lord? The things you're praying about during this fast, the things you're hoping for, the things you're dreaming for, the salvation that you're so desperate to have in your family, the breakthrough that you need the people that you see who are struggling and you're believing God for a breakthrough, will you wait on him? Will you let him speak to you? I'd love to pray together now, but I want to practice what I preach. And I want us to pray. And I want us to wait on the Lord and see what he wants to do. That his will will be done over us today, where he wants to speak, where he wants to move. So if I could ask you to stand, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to shut your eyes, that's cool. Just feel comfortable, but we'll pray. Well, Jesus, I want to thank you that you call us into your presence, that you call us sons and daughters, you call us friends. I want to thank you, Father, that we have an opportunity today to say, yeah, I want to get a bit closer. I want to get more intimate with you. That we can choose to say I want to hear your voice afresh today that we're sorry for the times when we've rushed on with our lives and got on with the busyness and we've forgotten you but today Jesus we make a choice to come closer to come into that place of intimacy to say how does my life look today Lord and that as we do that Jesus that you will show us the way that you will speak to us afresh that you will encourage us, you'll direct us. So I pray now, Father, that in this moment, we would make that choice to say, I want to be closer to Jesus. And Jesus, we draw close to you. You say in your word, you draw close to us. So I want to pray now, Father, for anyone who has said that on the inside today, I want to get a bit closer, that this would be that line in the sand moment today. As we've made that choice to step into intimacy with you, to praise and to worship you, to be all about you, Jesus, that you will guide our lives and we will live in that unforced rhythm of grace that you so talk about. So I want to pray that you come by your Holy Spirit and you fill every person afresh today. That you would come and you would pour out your Spirit on each one, Father. Where there's dryness, that you will come and water the dryness. Where there's fear, that you will come and quench the fears. That you will come, Lord God, by your power this morning and we want to wait on you Father we don't want to rush this, we want to wait on you so if this morning church you are responding to this on the inside do something raise a hand, say amen say Jesus I want you just do something so that you know so your God knows you're serious about this this year and then we can just wait and see what God wants to do
1: want to speak some words over your church the Holy Spirit's here Jesus mighty God Abba Father Jesus saying here I am here I am I worship you here I am wonderful God here I am holy one Here I am, Abba Father. Here I am. Will you take me from this place? This taste where I've stepped back. This step where I've taken a sideways one. Will you take me from this place, Jesus? Here I am. Here I am with my hands raised high. Here I am with my head looking at your eyes. Here I am. Because you're holy. Because you're holy because you're holy would you anoint me afresh for this new season 2022 I give it to you Lord I give it to you father let new rhythms come I don't want to be on that treadmill anymore in fact I step off I say father new pastures new fields new hearts desires new wonders new miracles new heavenly places will you take me Lord because I love you, I worship you, I give you my heart. We cry as your church, as your bride. Use us, we're desperate for you. We've cried it before, but in this new season, we're desperate for more of you. We are passionate, we love you, we bow the knee. We come off our seat and we step up and say, Jesus, here I am, your mighty army. I'm in, I'm in, let me be counted. Give me the voice, the voice of victory. Give me the voice, the voice of hope. Give me your signs and wonders, Lord. Let your word sink deep into our spirit. As he prays and as he worship your love endures forever. Your love endures forever. Let that be our victory cry. Your love endures forever. Your love endures forever in our own personal lives. Your love endures forever in our family situations. Your love endures forever in our communities. Your love endures forever over Colchester. Lord, here I am. Holy One, anointed one precious one here I am I'm in your holiness I'm in your holy place I'm with you King of Kings your glory surrounds me I'm with you my heart with yours here I am Jesus here I am Jesus I cry to you oh wonderful Jesus I cry to you you're my help and you're my salvation my one true God Let me see the victories this year, Jesus. I'm crying to you. My one-on-one worship, it's all for you. Father, I come into your presence because I love you. You're the one that brings change. You're the one that brings fulfillment. You're the one that brings hope. You're the one that brings fresh desires. So Lord, you have my heart my heart to worship you the church Equippers Essex we've come to make a difference for you Lord God we've come to see the victory but we don't want to all go off on a tangent for Jesus guide us Jesus show us let it be from a place of worship a place of praise a place of heartfelt love for you Lord God your unity come Holy Spirit fall now Jesus come touch and anoint every head here this morning bring victory Lord Jesus bring fresh hope Lord God we say we praise you we give you our lives Lord. with every hand on heart this morning put your hand on your heart church we say we love you Jesus we walk it out for you now we walk it out for you Lord we walk it out for you Hmm. a new rhythm Lord Jesus a new sound a victory cry a sound of your trumpet Jesus let's hear your voice Lord God let's hear your voice not never before and guide us Lord Jesus guide us We say we're all in with you with a bowed knee. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.